0: But hello, everyone. This is Craig Ballantine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com, here with another seven-day fat-burning coaching guide to help get you through the week. And we're going to get some tips from Alan Cosgrove this week. It's kind of des- dedicated to him with the fat-burning tips and then also some personal trainer tips. Because I was down visiting him in or near L.A. in California last weekend, and then I was hanging out with my friends John Romanello, Joel Marion, and Vince Del Monte in L.A., and uh, Vince Domani is a pretty funny guy because he's always on his own schedule. He It's like he tries to pack 33 hours into a 24-hour day. So when all of us are, everyone else besides Vince is ready to go work out, he's often running around trying to do something and trying to cram in more stuff. So he's late for the workout and then he ends up working out kind of on his own schedule and then he shows up to dinner kind of halfway through. It's pretty funny. But uh, we did have a good workout down there. I trained with John Romanello one day, we did some front squats, and he made me do some leg press, and then on another day I did some upper body with Joel Marion, and that was a pretty good weekend, and hanging out with those guys and learning some stuff. Now, while I was down in L.A., I made two diet mistakes, Uh, one minor and one, well, both of them were minor, but, you know, the, the one meal I ordered came with some French fries, I ate a couple of French fries. I mean, obviously that's not a huge diet mistake, but that is definitely one of the foods that I do not ever want to eat, because... French fries contain trans fatty acids uh, because of the way they're cooked, and trans fats are something that there is no healthy level of intake. So even with sugar, you know, if you consume some, it's all right. But even a little bit of trans fats, uh, a researcher named Dr. Bruce Holub uh, from the University of Guelph said that there's absolutely no safe intake, so even a gram per day can be detrimental to your cardiovascular health. The other thing I did was I ordered salmon from a restaurant, and 90% of the salmon that you get at restaurants, and even in grocery stores, is going to be from uh, fish farms. And fish farms is where they just cram a whole bunch of uh, the overcrammed fish into a fenced-in area, and so the uh, fish are eliminating, that means, you know, creating waste and high concentrations and swimming around in it and eating it and often eat other dead fish. Um, and the food that they receive is poor quality, and so I don't want to order salmon from a restaurant. Again, I made that kind of a split-second decision. It was a bad decision. And one of the other foods that I do not consume is juice. And a lot of people are kind of surprised when I say that uh, I don't consume juice, but really it's just liquid sugar, and you can get your vitamins in so many other ways. It's much preferable to eat regular fruit than to consume juice. And really, it's just not the best thing to add to your fat loss diet. All right, let's move into this week's call. We're going to start with our Transformation Tip of the Week from Monday, January 24th. And here's a quote that I really like from a guy named Dave Kekich. It's very short, very sweet. It says, nobody gets old by surprise. So, you know, if you've got something that you want to achieve in life and you keep on talking about it and talking about it and talking about it, and next year it's 2012 and you're still talking about it, that's not... Really doing anybody any good? And you know that uh, you're not going to live forever, so it's time to start taking action. So what I want you to do is write down what you want to accomplish, set a deadline, and make a plan to get it done. And make sure you set a hard deadline because if I don't set deadlines on some of the projects I have, they just continue to go on and on and on. But once you set a deadline, you find a way to get it done. And then another quote, this guy, this time from Larry Winget, he said, "Get a sheet of paper and write down exactly what you want your life to look like." Be detailed. If the things you wrote down are indeed your priorities, then take action today. So a lot of people, first of all, they never really write down what they want in life, and it's important to do that. And second of all, you really have to match what you say you want versus the actions that you're taking. And if they're not congruent, you have to figure out why you say you want this type of life, but everything that you do is leads to the exact opposite results. So very important. Um, definitely some... Thinking that gets you out of your comfort zone, but I highly recommend you doing those activities and just doing that alone, getting you on a guided path with a deadline, will help you get more accomplished in 2011. Now, some training tips from Alan Cosgrove. First of all, Alan runs a gym in Newhall, California, and it's just outside of it's about 40, 30 minutes outside of California or outside of LA, and it's close to a city called Santa Clarita. Um, I think that's kind of the bigger city near there. But as you know, with Southern California. It's like one giant city. And so he runs this gym. I forget how many square feet it is, but he started in a very, very small, almost a a size of a a big office. And he has built it up. It's several thousand square feet now. And it was voted one of the top ten gyms in the United States by Men's Health. And it certainly has everything you could possibly want in there, from kettlebells to tires to flip to weights to to uh, squat racks, to bumper plates, has everything you need to have an amazing workout. And not only has Alan's facility evolved from a small, small gym into a very big gym, but his fat loss training has also evolved, his programming has evolved. And so when he started out as an athlete way back in the day, like me, we learned that uh, jogging is not the best way to get lean because he did it for Taekwondo, mistakenly, and I did it for soccer, which is a little bit better, I did a little bit more aerobic training back then in the 90s, and we both found out it's not the best way to lose body fat, and so we both moved to interval training, we found that interval training was better, we found that from experience and also from research, and now he's moved beyond interval training to metabolic classes, so that's where you do everything from battling ropes to kettlebells to bodyweight exercises to pushing the prowler, all that type of stuff, because he found that the compliance of that was much greater than telling someone to go and do interval training. So they run these classes now at their facility, and they get a lot of people into those classes because these people aren't doing interval training on their own by using a treadmill. So that type of knowledge is very important to know that if you, even if you say you're going to do a training program but you don't like it, then you're probably not going to do the training. So you have to make sure that you're doing training that you look forward to. All right, let's move into Tuesday, 30 minutes of fun activity, and we're going to do this week's research review, which is a study from the UK, and it's titled, Email Contact as an Effective Strategy in the Maintenance of Weight Loss in Adults. And so these UK researchers, they wanted to see if dietary email advice from a dietitian to, to clients would help them support their weight loss, and this was after they had already lost more than 5% of their body weight. And so there was 55 patients who... Lost that weight, and then they were put into two, one of two groups. Either the intervention group, which received weekly emails and monthly personal email message, and that was 28 people in that group, and then there's a control group, which didn't receive that contact. And they found that after six months, the email group maintained their weight loss, which was significantly greater than the weight loss maintained by the control group, and the control group regained weight at a faster velocity than the intervention group. So, what, Oh, they also found that there was a correlation between the amount of fruits and vegetables eaten and exercise done in the people in both groups who were able to maintain their weight. So fruits and vegetables and exercise to the cornerstones of keeping weight off. And so the researchers concluded that email helps reduce weight gain velocity it improves weight loss maintenance and can reach many people. So, you know, hopefully we're doing some benefit by giving out the daily emails and, and you know, doing these podcasts. And my friends like Isabel de los Rios and her diet solution program, she's giving out content and her emails. And so all of these emails hopefully are keeping you on track because research shows that email contact from an expert will help you with your weight loss and your weight maintenance. All right, into Wednesday's workout tip, I want to do another research study. This one comes from my alma mater, McMaster University, published in the European Journal of Applied Physiology, and it's titled, The Enhancement of Jump Performance After a 5-RM Squat is Associated with Post-Activation Potentiation. So this study was done by one of my mentors. His name is Dr. Digby Sale. He's a really, really great guy, very funny guy with an amazingly dry sense of humor, and you wouldn't expect this uh, little guy to be so funny in in his mannerisms until you went to one of his classes and i really owe a lot to that guy and uh, i'm going to follow up with him because i haven't talked to him in a long time and so here's one of the many 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 studies he's done he was talking about sports specific interval training back in 1981 that's when i uh you know i read that paper back in the mid 90s and that you know that paper alone was a, a big part of what became turbulence training because i Start using sports-specific specific interval training with my, my athlete clients and then found out that worked so well for fat loss. So you guys actually owe some uh, of your results to Dr. Digby Sale. Now the study in question, or now about the study in question, um, in the past you may have mentioned or you've heard me mention that I do squats and vertical jumps in my workouts and sometimes deadlift and vertical jumps, and I pair those in supersets. And the reason why I do that is because it improves your jump performance in a short amount of time. So if you do some squatting, if you do a jump and then you go do some squatting and then you come back and do a jump, you're going to find that your jump is better after doing some squats. And so one of the reasons that researchers believe this is because weightlifting induces something called post-activation potentiation. I'll explain that in a second. And by doing that, it enhances performance of an explosive movement of a similar explosive movement. So squatting and deadlifting cause what's called post-activation potentiation, and that will increase improve your jump. And so here's what happens when you contract your muscles: your brain fires a signal down to the muscles. There's what's called, um, and, and sorry, and that leads to an act, sorry, an action. Sorry, I'm forgetting the actual term. But you reach an action threshold, and calcium is released in the muscle fibers, and that causes contraction. And so the post-activation potentiation theory is that by doing the squatting, there's more calcium left in that area and perhaps increases the speed of contraction and allows you to jump higher. And so that's pretty scientific. And, again, it's been a few years, so I may have... uh, got a couple of terms on there, but that's essentially what's happening, is there's potentiation, meaning enhanced performance from the previous squatting. So what they did in this study was they had 11 male athletes do five RM squats, that means uh, a weight that is allows them to do five repetitions, and that's about failure. And so what they found was the five RM squat increased post-activation potentiation by 10%, and counter-movement jump, basically a squat jump, by 3%. And so basically, that means that at the very minimum, the post-activation potentiation is happening at the same time as the jump increase is happening.
1: So they concluded
0: that it contributed to the increased vertical jump height after squatting. So to summarize that in simple english if you want to jump higher do a set of squats and then jump and you'll find that your post squat jump is better than your pre-squat jump and that's pretty much it and then you can if you're into advanced athletic training you can get into using that in your training sessions to increase your general jump performance outside of the workout obviously you can't just go and do a set of five squats before you go and play every game of basketball. All right, let's move into Trainer Thursday. Again, this is a day off, so you do 30 minutes of fun activity. And I want to talk to the trainers about the core values of Allen's gym. And he has put together a booklet on the culture of his gym that he gives away. And then they also have their 10 core values in view for all the members to see. And if you... No, anything about the company Zappos, they have a corporate culture book that they'll give you for free if you want, and it's just stories from all the employees about what makes Zappos so great. And So Alan uh, modeled that book to create the book that he gives away, and then he probably read Good to Great and came up with core values um, based on that suggestion in that book, and here are the 10 that are the core values of Alan's gym. So number one is bring your best. Number two is be professional. Number three is have integrity, be honest, and transparent. Have only good days and great days. Be we, not me. Number six is constantly learn, always improve. Number seven is have fun and a sense of humor. Number eight is strive for profitability. Number nine is exceed expectations. And number 10 is keep leading. So if you are unfamiliar with core values, they essentially – you could give your employees nothing but these ten core values if you were running Allen's gym, and they would make the right decisions in every case based on these core values. So instead of having a 500 page employee manual, core values really dictate your decisions, and you know the rest of the 500 pages in employee manual are just the details. But you know I would say that hardly any trainer has even thought of this, let alone has a set of core values, and it's something you should really look into developing for you and your business if you're a trainer. All right, Facebook Friday. Our question actually comes from my members forum and not Facebook, but it's a good question. I want to address it here. And the question was, how would you classify Bikram yoga? Would it be an easy day activity, or could it be used for the interval training part of training since it's an intense protocol? And my answer was that Bikram training – The Vikram yoga is neither a substitute for interval training nor an off-day activity. So you really have to be careful about adding something like that to turbulence training because it's an intense workout. Don't get me wrong. But you're already training intensely three times per week with with turbulence training. And then to add yoga in, you have to be very diligent about it. So you may want to reduce the strength training portion of one of the turbulence training sessions if you really want to do the yoga. And at the end of the day, it really is going to come down to the individual themselves, their strength, their fitness, their experience with yoga, their experience with training, and their goals as to whether or not you put the yoga in addition to turbulence training. And then last thing I want to say is that if you're serious about turbulence training, you really can't be serious about yoga at the same time, and vice versa. You really can't be serious about being the best in yoga and trying to do full-on turbulence training at the same time. It's the exact same situation with an endurance athlete. If someone comes to me and is focused on marathon running and wants to do turbulence training, we really have to cut down on the turbulence training because if you do it, you'll be sore, you'll be injured, you'll end up with overuse injuries if you try and do all of that. So you really have to pick one or the other to be serious about and then put in a little bit of the other. All right. So the bottom line is avoid overuse injuries. Yoga is fine and good, but you have to decide on your training priority. All right, Social Support Saturday. Here's another question that has come in from a reader, and this time it's related to weekend nutrition, so I want to cover it here. person said, my eating is going to be my downfall. I do really well all week, and then the weekends are just awful. So they wanted suggestions on eating better on weekends, and the problem is that both her husband and her work on the weekends, and they work opposite shifts, so when they get a chance to sit down and eat with the kids, they end up going out to restaurants and they overeat. So I said, first of all, you need to plan where you're going. I go to restaurants all the time, and I haven't found one yet where I couldn't control my portions or come up with a decent order. I mean, even if you go to McDonald's, you can get grilled chicken and salad. If you go to a, uh, you know an Outback, you can get grilled chicken and salad. When we were in L.A. this weekend... You know, my friends Joel and Vince are very serious about a transformation they're doing. Uh, Vince is going in a a fitness competition, and they would simply ask for steamed broccoli and chicken breasts at the restaurant. And every restaurant is going to be able to pull that off for you. So you can do that. You don't have to eat what's on the menu. You can ask otherwise. So that is the first thing I said. And the second thing I said was that um, my friend Dax Moy has a phrase called a get-out-of-jail-free card. And that's what this woman is kind of giving to herself. She's giving herself an excuse to make a mistake. And even though we know that you can go to any restaurant order grilled chicken and broccoli or something very similar and very healthy, she's allowing herself to order from the menu and make the dietary mistake. So she knows the answer is really there. And she's really kind of using that as an excuse. So here's the last couple of things I would recommend that she does. First of all, there's a book in Turbulence Training Member Site called The Transformation Experts uh, Transformation Secrets Ebook, and it's from an interview I did with Brad Pilon, Eric Ledeen, and John Ovino, and it's great content about transforming your body and having the right mindset. So I recommend reading that. And there's also an interview from Dax Moy in the membership site that's really good about mindset. Next, I would find how many calories she's eating, make sure that she's sticking to that. I would have her take her circumference measures weekly just to make sure that she's making progress. And then I would make sure that her calories are not too high. So find out how many calories she's eating, improve her diet, make those changes on the weekend. And then if she is not seeing improvements in those circumference measures, then to start bringing those calories down. So she can't. She needs to find a calorie goal in addition to improving the eating on the weekend. And by doing that and monitoring herself and her measurements, she'll finally get the success she wants. And now finally into Sunday, I plan, shop, and prepare grocery day. And I want to mention some scary facts from the February 2011 issue of Men's Health Magazine. There's a lot of really good information in that issue. And I'm just finishing up the last bit of information I copied from that issue with some scary facts about nutrition. So the first one is that there was a study quoted that showed that one alcoholic drink will lead to a 15% increase in calories consumed at a meal. And so I've always said that the alcohol itself is not the problem, but the food that you consume while under the influence of alcohol, and that's just one drink that led to a 15% increase in calories consumed, and that compared it to an equal amount of calories consumed by juice. So it was the alcohol that made people lower their inhibitions to consuming calories. The next scary fact is that the average combination fast food meal is over 1,200 calories. So you go to McDonald's, you get the number six, you're probably at over 1,200 calories, and that's if you don't supersize it. And then finally, here's a very, very interesting study most people dramatically underestimate the number of calories in food when they eat a healthy meal compared to a fast food meal. Now get this. Here's what they did. They gave somebody, let's say, a thousand calories of healthy food from Subway and a thousand calories of food from McDonald's. And even though both meals were a thousand calories, the subjects underestimated the calorie intake by twenty one to fifty percent in the sub in the subway meal, in the healthy meal. So even though it's a thousand calories, they thought it was only five hundred to eight hundred calories. And so that can be a problem if you go to healthy food places and you get their meals, there's a lot of volume of food in there. And so even though you're eating healthy, you're underestimating how many calories you're really eating and that's why you can't lose body fat, even though you think you're eating healthy. Very, very important stuff there. So make sure you know how many calories you're eating no matter where you go. All right, that's it for this week, everyone. Next week, I'm going to bring you some training tips on my latest workout, do a research review on interval training in a very interesting population, and some more research on social support for weight loss. And we'll stick to some scary nutrition facts by visiting Starbucks next week and telling you about what they have in their drinks. So, everyone, thank you for being on the call. Wishing you another seven-day of fat-burning. And we'll be back next week for some great information. This is Craig Valentine for TurbulenceRain.com and ttfatloss.com. Have an amazing week. Bye-bye, everyone.